to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls, girls like us, who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, pop culture, and everything in between. So let's be those other girls that just don't talk about culture, but change culture. Everybody, you are listening to Those Are The Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. And I'm Hope. And we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Those Other Girls. We are back to our Tuesday episodes where we interview people. And I'm just so excited to have Hope on, my friend Hope. Um, We have been, I guess... We've been like chatting almost a year now, I guess, just about various things. And um, I love following all that she does. She's the president of Simply Pro-Life. But let me tell you something else about her. Hope, tell us how old you are. I am 18 years old. Amazing. I am blown away. I absolutely love that. Um, She is so young. A, she has a nonprofit. Um, and B, she's so bold and vocal. Like this is the next generation. I'm saying that like, I'm, I'm just 28. It's not like I'm 60 (laughs) years older, but technically you are technically the next generation. You're Gen Z. Um, and I'm the end of millennials, but either way, like I am just, I'm so impressed by everything you do. Um, seeing all the things that you did, you put together, just seeing all the stuff on your Instagram, just like, oh, wow, Hope is amazing. Um, and she also has a podcast that I was on and I'll link it. Uh, I'll link that episode and I'll also link the podcast because I do think that it is very important for all of us to be supporting the different pro-life podcasts and to share them. We may have the same, um, message, which is abortion is murder. Women, we are able, um, more than able and capable to take care of our own children, but we're going to have different things that are different about us. We can even have some of the same guests on and it'll still be a little twing about it because we're different people. We have different concentrations. We also have different talents. So I really encourage everyone listening. Uh, I'll link it all and we'll mention it again at the end, all of her social media. But before we get into that, um, Hope, can you tell us what is Simply Pro-Life? Yeah. So uh, Simply Pro-Life, let's see, I had the idea um, just a little over a year ago for it. And it was, it came from a place of like stress and anxiety about activism Mm. I was doing. Uh, I felt like I wasn't doing enough, but I didn't know what to do. And I was kind of beating myself up over it. So I went and talked to, well, my now boyfriend. And he Mm. told me to kind of just take it one step at a time to do simple things for the movement with consistency. So Mm. I started this challenge of doing something for, you know, something simple for the pro-life movement for a hundred days. And then I got kicked off of all social media. I had no access to any of my accounts. It was bad. People thought I blocked them. Mm. Um, So then I was like, you know what? Social media is great, but it's not enough anyway. So it kind of prompted me to start taking action uh, in person. So I started doing more events. Well, I was already doing activism in person, but then I started to do my own events, hosting my own events as a way to reach people because social media wasn't doing it. I did get my accounts back though. Anyways. So simply pro life was kind of born that way. I started that hundred day series, just saying that I was doing something simple for the pro life movement. And then I did this fall event for teenagers, called the Simply Pro-Life event where I was connecting organizations to young people who want to get involved. And then since then, I've kind of just, you know, been doing that, sharing simple ideas. And it became an official nonprofit at the end of April, but I didn't know until May. So 
you know, I, I say the birthday is like May 1st because it, technically it's a- April 28th and that's my sister's birthday. So yeah. we wanted to differentiate a little bit. But yeah, yeah good, so good. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So the goal is to help people do the simple things for the pro-life movement by giving them the means and resources to do so. And that looks a lot of different ways. But my biggest thing is events in person, um, creating community that way. That's fabulous. I love that. And I love... Um, you said connecting with high schools. You had that event. Can you talk a little bit about that event? Yeah. How did you get the idea? Like, and if someone listening wants to do that, I would love, I mean, I'm just putting this out there. I would love if you could come to my town and like help us with an event or do an event yes. there. There's definitely, it's so funny you say that because I was talking to someone about, we need something like that. So this is a good connection. Cool. Well, I'm excited to talk about it because I love this event. This is the event I get the most excited about. So it was about two years ago. I was the president of a group called the Crusaders for Life. I was president for three years and I loved it. I was so honored to be able to have that position. The Crusaders for Life is a grassroots pro-life youth group at um, my church and their sister church, St. John Cantus in Chicago. And they're that big yellow group with all the energy at the marches. They're very fun. So I was part of that group and I just, I, I didn't think that it was enough to just go to these marches and to have a meeting once a month. So when I kind of took over, I started doing like little things monthly, like volunteering at PRCs and volunteering at, um, you know, pro-life resale shops and, and, and little things like that. Uh, but then one year I decided, you know what, I want to do a convention that is solely focused on the youth. So I did it and it was, you know, decent. Um, I was 16. So, you know, it was good for, I would say a 16 year old, but I had a lot to learn. So it was a good event. I was grateful for it, but I learned a lot from it and I Mm -hmm. knew how I wanted to make it different. So I didn't think that I was actually going to do it again, uh, just because like, I was like, oh, that didn't go very well. A lot of people didn't show up. It was probably like 50 people. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so anyways, I, and a lot of it was like my friends and people from my church, which is good, but they were already pro-life. So last year when I was doing this simply pro-life thing for a hundred days, uh, I, you know, got kicked off of social media. I'm like, okay, well, what else can I do? Because social media is not working. So then I was like, actually, these people need, need to be just reached right here. And like, yes, social media is good. And yes, you can reach people all around the country or around the nation. And that's good. But it, I mean, abortions in Illinois have gone up by 54% in the last year. Like we are oh, wow. struggling over mm-hmm. here. And yeah. so the best thing I can do is to reach these kids in person who want to get involved, who maybe don't know how, who maybe are alone. And, um, and so I decided, you know what, I'm going to do that high school event again, because I already had the idea. I'm just going to up the game a little bit. So we did it at a different location. It was a little more tight knit. We had a lot more people. I'd say like 180 people and the place was full. We had Abby Johnson speak. We had the Pearly Spider-Man speak. We had Maya Abraham speak, uh, Royce Hood. They were just wonderful. We had a panel speak. We had sponsors like Live Action, and then there were none. We had sponsors like Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And these kids were able to listen to these people who are incredible activists. And then they were able to be inspired by them and then to walk into the other room and walk up to the tables of those people's organizations and like get involved. Each organization had to offer an internship, an ambassadorship, or some sort of mentorship. They had to give the youth. 
Thank you. They had to give the youth a practical way to get involved. Um, and it was really cool. And I'm so excited about it. And we actually are doing it again this fall. I'm just kind of working out the date right now. I really want this one particular person as my keynote speaker. So she's checking to see if she's free, um, like which date she's free. And then I'll have a date hammered down. But I'm really excited to do it again. This year, the goal is to hit the streets. Um, yeah. Last year, it was getting involved with the organizations, and that's so good, and that's so important, and that will still be part of it. But this year, it's giving these kids practical ways to hit the streets. Sidewalk counseling, um, teaching them how to go be bold in activism, giving the courage to do so, um, or just, you know, having people, like, I'm not sure if you heard, but there's this girl, her name is Maeve. She's 16, and she's trying to start a PRC, which is so cool. And I want people oh. to be just like that. I, I want that's what I yeah. want the youth at this organ at this event to do. So, it's fun. It's awesome. We've been blessed with donations and uh, you know being able to you know get make it exciting. There, uh, I, I love event planning. So you know incorporating a little like little fun details like a photo booth, um, you know, and a taco truck. Those kind of things are just I'm so excited to do and have done, and I'm, I love it. I love that stuff too. This is so, I'm so proud of you. This is so exciting, but most importantly, it's needed. I think that um, we sometimes forget that the youth, high schoolers, um, are getting exposed to so many different things and they want to be involved. That is something that millennials and Gen Z, I think we're a little different than the older generations. I feel like the, a lot of the older generations were kind of like, hmm, I don't know, la-di-da about stuff. But we are very activists. We all want to do something. So giving people that outlet is amazing. That is so needed. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I mean, I'm just totally agreeing with you. And, and the, the thing that I love about Simply that I'm working on is – Every single human being, I think, has a calling to be active in some way in the pro-life movement. And so I want to create something that every single person can get involved with. So that means all these different ways, giving them all these different ways that they can get involved. Um, For example, one idea that I'm working on right now that I'm going to be partnering with Abby Johnson on her organization, Loveline, are these Simply Mama Boxes. And therefore, specifically postpartum moms. Uh, so okay. once I get the funding for that, it'll be cool because one person will be able to fund the box. Then there's, I'm only buying from small businesses. So if you have any recommendations, let me know. And uh, and so one person will be funding the box. And then the different people that I've reached out to to provide the items for the box have offered a discount. And so that's something simple. And then the teens or the college students that I'm going to go to their schools and have them help package them, they'll be doing something simple. So within this one thing, these Simply Mama boxes, three different people are active in the movement. And that's what I love about it. And I'm so excited to be able to do. I love that so much. And you're so right. We talk about that on our podcast a lot. Everybody has different talents. I mean, the Bible says the Bible even says that we are different parts of the body and you just figure out what your talent is and then how your talent can be used. Not everyone is going to be a public speaker. Not everyone is going to be an artist. Not everyone can be a nurse. Not everyone can, um, you know, do everything. You just figure out what that is and just do one step in that direction. I love that. That's I'm excited for those boxes. And I actually do have a couple uh, in my head that would be good. I think for that, um, 
Yes. So anything yeah. care package for moms who are postpartum. If you have any ideas, you let me know. <laughs> okay, I will. I will. Um, another question I want to ask you since um, since okay, sorry, one second. The, okay, Freeman can edit that out. Um, I have like a weird notification pop up. Um, sorry. Let me back up. So another thing I wanted to ask, because you were just talking about high schoolers, is if anyone listening has high schoolers um, or if they um, want to reach out to high schoolers, what are some things that high schoolers need to hear when it comes to abortion? What have you found has been a really good, um, like, something that really gets them to think? Hmm. Well, one thing I do is, like, I'll take flyers from the Pro-Life Action League and there are these little pamphlets called They Were Our Brothers and Our Sisters. And it just talks about abortion and what it is. And so I would go to the high schools and I would hand them out to and all the high school students passing by. And I would just ask them, you know, what do they think about abortion? And they'd be like, oh, like, it's a woman's choice. And what you, what you have to do is you have to ask them what choice. What choice are they mm. making? And... Uh, and and that I believe that's like I I've I think I found like ninety nine percent of the time that is high schoolers' responses. Oh, it's a woman's choice, and so you just have to be like, okay, well, what are they choosing? And you get them to think about abortion. And I would say the bulk of high schoolers, which is why I think it's so important to reach out to high schoolers, haven't formed their opinion on abortion because they're not in that stage of their life yet where they're, um, you know. I mean, maybe some, but that. where they're having sex, where they're getting pregnant, where this is something in yeah. their day to day lives. You know what I mean? And, or a problem that they're facing. And so a lot of kids, high schoolers, haven't formed their opinion on it, especially freshmen and, and um, sophomores. And so it's so important that we're reaching out to them because they just need to think about it. And they just need to ask themselves, you know, what choice are they making? What is abortion? And I found that that is the best thing that you can say or do to make them think about it. But you have to get out there on the streets and start doing it. Yeah. Um, no, you're saying get on the streets. Can you give an example? So you mean like talking, so you think people should go talk to, go up to high school, high schoolers, you think, um, you know, at parks, at, amu- at festivals, what are you thinking when you say on the streets? Well, you totally could. Absolutely. Uh, you know, one time I had this pin on my backpack at Six Flags that said, I'm pro-life, ask me why. And it did start a conversation Ooh. in line with somebody. That was an accident. I forgot it was there, but I'm glad it was there. <laughs> I don't think I would have walked around Six Flags in the area that we're in with that yeah. on normally, but oh well. It's kind of like putting a target on your back. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, but it That's did start brave. a conversation. <laughs> it was an accident. I wasn't even being brave. <laughs> but it, yeah, so uh, I'm glad it happened. It was a good conversation. And you could totally do something like that, something subtle, where it's like a pen that says, I'm pro life, ask me why for sure. But if you're trying to go up to people, you don't want to go up to them in an area that they're trying to like, you know, enjoy like have a good time such as like an amusement park or a beach or the mall or something like that instead what i've done and what i think is effective is i've gone to college campuses and i've gone to high schools and i have literally just stayed silent and i just hand out flyers and if they ask me a question i'm there to answer it i'm there to talk to them i'm so willing to have those conversations but i think that going to high schools and you know just being there giving them information uh, and these flyers, again, you can order them from the league's website, but they're so good. Uh, and I think that is the best place to reach high schoolers. And I think getting out there, um, you know, high, public high schools, I don't know if you could do it with Catholic ones, but public high schools, 
are on public property. And you could always check like your city's map to see yeah. where public property is. Make sure you're on that public property because that's important to make sure you're not breaking any laws. But you have every right, First Amendment right, to be out there practicing public speech and uh, and, and sharing the pro-life message. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good. Um, my next question for you is what exactly made you want to do any of this? You told us what made you want to do simply pro-life but like what made you interested in the pro-life movement in general well mel we were just talking about this on my show uh where we when i was asking you you know what uh when you were educating yourself what stuck out to you like a sore thumb and for me it was the same thing i was about 12 years old and i had been doing activism like intense activism uh, my whole life because my grandfather is the godfather of the pro-life movement so we were very involved oh. Yeah, it was it was amazing. He I learned so much from him and you know, so I'd always been involved, but the question I like obviously, yes, it's a baby. It you know, they deserve love and respect, but and then like around the age of 12 you start learning about the real world and mm-hmm. <laughs> how things go down. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I always said, you know, well, obviously like, you know, it's your fault if, you know, a baby's here. And then it was the question of rape because it wasn't her fault um mm-hmm. if she was raped and she was pregnant because of rape she didn't you know people always say oh well you you know you make the choice before you know you have but before a baby comes into existence and i absolutely agree with that so i struggled with the question of rape and mm-hmm. i was like okay my grandpa who i trust with my life says that it's wrong to kill a baby through rape so i but i need to know why so mm-hmm. again same thing i started doing and the abundance of research because i had to know why and then on top of that i had to know why for myself why abortion was wrong not just like oh i grew up in it and i'm Mm pro-life i had to choose it for myself so the thing that stuck out to me like a sore thumb were the statistics on rape victims and how 80 percent of them choose life and then or something like that like it's it's really high statistics and then it's like and then out of the women who end up having abortion like another like 70 something percent say that they regret it or they felt that there was no other way so the majority of the time women regret having abortions because of rape and and even more than that women don't even have abortions because of rape and so if we really care about women we would abortion is never the answer even in cases of rape and that's what kind of got me involved and then i saw the abortion victims um specifically one named baby david and i just after all this research i knew i couldn't just sit by while this was happening so by 13 i was getting heavily involved in the pro-life movement by my by myself wow that's amazing i think and i said this on your podcast and i've said this on this podcast but i'm gonna repeat it i think it's very important for all of us to figure out why we know ourselves what makes us convicted? It's great if you were raised pro-life. We both were. It's fabulous. But you have to know why you believe. Because when you are in the real world and you're having these conversations with people, you have to have that conviction. And you can tell when people are feel convicted about it, when people are just kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm pro-life. You can tell the difference. So it's really important, especially if you want to get involved in activism, especially if you want to... Um, you know, make a difference, talk about it on social media. After a while, you can't keep repeating the same talking points. Talking points aren't bad, and the talking points are the truth, but you have to also have a a personal conviction of why this is wrong. Um, So that's great. I, my next question for you, um, kind of switching gears from the pro-life a little bit, you mentioned that you have a boyfriend. 
can you talk a little bit about for everybody listening, especially like some of the younger girls, can you talk a little bit about how um, you guys met and just about being a Christian that's pro-life dating, I'm assuming, a pro-life man? Yeah, I'm dating a pro-life man. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm assuming. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think that. I think that would be the biggest conflict of interest. If I was, I was like a pro-life that. activist. <laughs> like, that'd Could be very imagine? uncomfortable. <laughs> we would. We would not get along. We would no. not get along. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially because it's like my passion, and basically, I joke. It's like my personality, so it would be. <laughs> No, he is a huge supporter of mine, and I love him for that, um, and a million other reasons, of course. But so we met. Um, well, I grew up homeschooled, and I loved it. A ten out of ten recommend, especially okay, in today's nice. culture. Yeah. And it was the best thing my parents ever did for me, besides raising me in the faith. And I, I loved it. So growing up, um, you know, <laughs> people always make the assumption of you're homeschooled, you must not have any friends, and that's just not the case. So we were part of these co-ops where you know we met once or twice a week uh, for little classes and things like that, and it was really fun, like art class and and animal class. I don't know, it was a mix. And it was so fun. So when I we started homeschooling when I was going into kindergarten, so I was really little. Um, my oldest brother was in eighth grade. So we had done the school thing for a little bit, but private Catholic school was getting real expensive. Yeah. So we decided to homeschool. And at first I was a little disappointed because, you know, I was social and I thought that you didn't have friends when you were homeschooled, which is wrong. And um, so anyways, we did these co-ops and I was in the same co-op as him. And like I like knew them because, you know, homeschoolers like we know everybody but we were never <laughs> friends um you know we messaged a little bit on google hangouts like merry christmas um but it was nothing crazy <laughs> oh that's so cute. and uh, <laughs> yeah and um oh, gosh i've never really gotten to talk about this before i'm so excited <laughs> anyways um so we we re, let's see i was helping a friend an, a mutual friend move about two three years three almost three years ago in august i was helping them move so i was like at their house like helping them clean and everything and the one kid who's about my age he goes hey do you ever talk to this guy and i'm like i mean no like he has a girlfriend and like you know we i mean he'll message me like merry christmas like you know a couple years ago but like no nothing crazy and i you know i was like He's like, okay, well, you should totally talk to him. I'm like, no, he has a girlfriend. Like, I'm not going to do that. This is so rude. And <laughs> he was like, okay, if I message him and he's broken up with his girlfriend because neither of us had talked to him in a little while, like, will you, like, reach out? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever you say. So he did. And then a couple hours later, he messaged me and he was like, hey, they broke up about six months ago. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. Right. So I messaged him. I was just like, hey, how you been? He goes, who is this? I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> Hold on, let me clarify. <laughs> yeah. So I was about 15 at the time. Um, and we were just, I wasn't allowed to date till I was 18. So we were just messaging back and forth. And like November came and it was my birthday. So I invited him to my birthday party and it was fun. And, um, and then my grandpa died and that was really oh. tough because like I said, my grandpa, it was like, I learned so much from him and he was like, and I'll be all like, I just, I love him. And when my grandpa died, it was kind of lonely. Um, and I, uh, actually my grandpa died on a Monday morning and we were supposed to, it was, I was 16 years old and it was my first ever speaking engagement, like publicly. Um, obviously I'd been part of the Crusaders for Life and president of that for a little while. So I had done some speaking through that, but this is my first talk at a march. 
and we were supposed to speak together. And he died on oh. Monday. And it was supposed to be Saturday. So I was like, oh, that no. was really rude of you to go like that. But okay. Yeah. I still spoke. And then I gave a little tribute to him, which was really yeah. nice. And I'm grateful I got to do that. And my boyfriend, not boyfriend at the time, um, came and supported me through that. And he was just a real supporter. Um, and my grandpa was like, I would say my number one supporter, um, maybe besides my parents. And when he died, you know, you lose that. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he's cheering you on in heaven, but it's not the same. And mm-hmm. I feel like my boyfriend, Connell, kind of replaced that. Obviously not in the same way, but he has been like the biggest supporter of my activism. And like That's I told you, so like good. even last summer, we were still friends. We weren't dating yet. And he, I came to him just with his anxieties about um, my activism. He's the one who planted the idea for Simply. And he has just been a huge supporter. So last November, I turned 18 and he talked to my parents, um, which was really important to me. Wow. Um, about dating me. And he, you know, asked me out properly and everything. So we began dating, and a big thing is dating within the family, I think, like hanging out at each other's houses with each other's families, um, getting to know each other's families. Like later today, so his sister is getting married, and later today um, we are going uh, tuxedo shopping. Um, so us girls are going, and we're going to watch the guys try out different things and like that kind of stuff. Like it's kind of like a yeah. double date because it's her and her fiancé and me and him. Um, but, you know, it's important to like do these things with each other's families. And so he is a very holy guy. Uh, we go to church together every Sunday. If Well, he's at school part of the time, obviously. But, you know, we go to church and we like to go to adoration. We pray. Uh, and I think that's really important to, like, remember that God is, like, you know, the third person in the relationship and just, you know, having good conversation, uh, holding each other accountable um, and remembering that this this isn't about us. It's about each other. And how can we lift each other up? We have very different interests. He's going into engineering and he loves math (laughs) and and he loves cars. And I'm going into pro-life activism where I love public speaking and hate math. And I'm not going to college and he's going to college for four years. So very, very, very different. But we have the same moral beliefs and we get along so well. And yeah, he's just like my number one. Oh, well, that, oh, you guys sound so cute. I'm really happy for you. I really respect that he asked your parents. I think that's, especially at your age, I think that's so respectful. Um, I love that. And, you know, anybody listening, I think these are just hearing Hope talk about him and just some of the things that he's done. I think these are just some things to be looking into yourself for your future. I think a man that, number one, is pro-life is very important. A man that supports you, I think, is important. You'd be surprised um, how many people have um, boyfriends who just kind of are like, la-di-da, they don't really care that much. I do think, especially if you're going to be active and involved, you should be with someone who's going to encourage you and support you. And also someone that respects your family. I think that's something that we forget about, that when you marry someone, you're marrying their family. So you have to make sure that you you respect their family and they respect your family. Um, So that's lovely. Yeah, and and the really neat thing about marriage within the faith is that it's two people becoming one. And the way Mm -hmm. that you're raised plays such a huge part into who you become and how you want to do things as a husband or as a wife or as a parent. And so it's really neat to 
be dating within the family because he sees how my parents do things and I see how his parent do, does things. And one day when and if we get married, um, it'll be a combination of what we both liked and what we both didn't like and then a little bit of our own. And that's, I think, another reason why it's so important to date within the family, just making sure you know their background and who they, where they came from and, and how they were raised. Oh, that's good. Um, and I've never really thought of it like that, but I think that's, that's very wise. That's very wise. Um, so kind of lastest question before the big final question is, um, you are in high well, you graduated high school, you are in activism, you are out here on the streets, you are trying to reach, um, your generation, the next generation as well. When it comes to, you know, this is partially a pop culture podcast. When it comes to pop culture, what are some things that you think, um, I guess maybe some lines to draw or just some things that you've seen that you're kind of like, okay, this is not something that we should be um, endorsing and like an alternative to it, I guess you could say. Like, what are just pop culture? Like, Maybe what's your opinion on some of the things? Like, That's a really good question. Uh, I'm trying to think like in my day to day life, what I do versus don't do. A, I'm a country girl all the way, so I don't really listen to pop music. (laughs) Um, Can't relate, but okay, I understand. I respect it. I respect it. So people are like, "How do you listen to clean music?" I'm like, "You listen to country music." Um, (laughs) But one thing, actually, I just saw. Um, so. I saw that Olivia Rodrigo came out with a new song, and I was like, ooh, kind of want to listen to it. Like, you know, because her first album, I to admit, Guilty Pleasure, was kind of good. Yeah, And yeah. I was like, ooh, I want to go listen to it. So I was driving with my boyfriend, and I, like, pulled out his phone to, you know, grab Spotify, open it up, and play Olivia's song, and it's not letting me play it. I'm like, Connell, why is it not letting me play it? And he's like, oh, because in Spotify, you can turn off explicit music. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I didn't know you could do that. And that's so interesting. So anyways, I was like, okay, well, I want to listen to the songs. So like, I'm going to turn it off just so I can see, see what the song's like. Um, Yeah, no, negative 10. Um, it was not good. And it seemed as though she kind of just added in swear words, but like she definitely didn't need to. So, you know, it's kind of like. Well, I was going to say really quick, I'm a big fan of hers, I will say. But I agree. Um, I had this conversation with a friend. I think what's becoming popular now is just adding in swear words to just be like, yeah, I'm edgy. <laughs> Hear me say the F word. Ha <laughs> ha, look yeah. at that. And it's I know. not necessary. It's no. never, almost, I will say never, it's never necessary. I agree. I, I like this. The song's okay. I mean, it's it's no driver's license, if you know me. No, it's no, no driver's license, license, absolutely. It's no driver's license. <laughs> but, um, but no, I totally agree with you. And actually, if you listen to like, so um, a lot of the time artists will come out with like the clean version of the song. And the one that sticks out to me like a sore thumb is Sand on the Beach by, uh, or Snow on the Beach, sorry. <laughs> Snow on the Beach by Taylor Swift. And she go, it, it says something like weird uh, but effing beautiful. And the the clean version is weird, but it was beautiful. And lyrically, it makes more sense to do the clean version. Like, yeah. <laughs> lyrically, it sounds better to be like, weird, but it was beautiful. Like, that yeah. makes more sense But than weird, but effing beautiful. Like, it literally, the clean version is literally better. And 
almost everyone I know, um, even like my cousins who don't really care about like swearing, will listen to the clean version because lyrically it's just better. And I think that it kind of shows like a fault of character when you can't lyrically make something sound good if it doesn't have a swear word. Like you never need a swear word in a song. It's just not necessary. I I agree with you on that. And even in writing, um, I sometimes write short stories and if I want to convey a strong emotion, I don't see the, like, that's one thing that if these ever get published, that's one thing I do want to be known for. Like, I'm not going to curse. There's no reason to add a curse, but you can convey strong emotion without adding in, you know, the F word, the S word, a D word even. Like, there's no, there's, there's no, no reason for it. Yeah. There's no reason. Yeah. My grandpa was one of the most bold activists, um, still known. And he, he never swore. He yeah. was so convincing. He was so forceful. He was so intimidating, but in a, in a good way. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he never swore, and you don't yeah. need it. And so, no. you know, I would say that's maybe one thing that you can kind of do. Um, other than that, um, the biggest thing for me when it comes to, like, TV shows and movies is, like, sex scenes. Yeah. Um, that's what bothers me the most. And so if it has a lot of that, like... I won't watch, is it River, Riverdale, Bridgerton? I don't know. One of those. Probably Bridgerton. Uh, okay. I haven't seen I've it, heard, but I heard it's a little, heard, a little nasty. A little yeah, raunchy. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. And it's like you just don't need to be filling your brain with those kind of things. And yeah. there are other shows that are just like better alternatives. Like even like watching some older shows, like I've been watching like the Dick Van Dyke show and Full House and, um, and a little bit of The Office. Um, and like those shows are way better for your brain and like just kind of like entertaining and like not so dirty. And, you know, obviously there's hints here and there, but I don't know why the world is so obsessed with sex, but... You know, obviously there's hints here and there, but, you know, it's much better than something like, you know, Bridgerton or something like that. So I, yeah, I definitely think, um, another thing we're talking about old shows really quick, um, two shows that are, I just remember watching when I was younger. So we, growing up, my parents had a lockdown on what we could watch. Like, um, we were watching like Little House on the Prairie where everybody was watching like Family Guy. We love Little House on the Prairie. Prairie. So good. So Chef's good. Kiss. It's Top basically tier. a soap opera. Like looking back, it was like a dramatic soap opera. So good. I mean, there was like betrayal and there it was just it's such a good romance. Show. Romance. Oh my gosh. It, it's yes. so good. And then um the uh, Gilligan's Island. I used oh. to when I was younger, I used to that was the funniest show on earth, Gilligan's Island. And another one is uh, Green Acres. And Green Acres is this man brings his wife who grew, who was used to um, living in New York City. She lived in a high rise. She was really ritzy and brings her to live in, um, like, the country. It was so funny because, you know, that would be like if someone made me live in the country. <laughs> um, and it's that was a funny show, too. Those are just, like, there's good older shows and i mean mm-hmm. i still think that um there are a few a lot of good shows out there like i really enjoyed manifest um it oh is that swayed, the airplane one yes yeah yes it yeah. swayed from like at the very beginning i did think it was like oh this is definitely christian inspired and then a couple of times it was kind of like oh it didn't land the plane on that <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> but there's still some good shows but i do think like um I think you made very two very good points, and it's hard to balance, um, and you really need to use discernment, because I'll talk about the cursing first. So with cursing, as you guys know, we don't curse on this podcast, um, and we ask our guests not to curse, because that's just something that we don't 
I, I just don't think it's necessary. I don't want to do it. I, I would like this to stay clean. I just, I don't think it's necessary. And it's not really edifying. Um, have I used a curse word before? I'm human. It has come out of my mouth before. Uh, is it something I'm proud of? No. Is it something that I ever want to do again? No. Um, but this is just, it's one of those things. I know some people definitely, I've mentioned to, um, someone who I'm like, I know through like politics. We're not, we're acquaintances, I guess. And she was like, you're making a big deal out of it that it needs to be. I was like, well, no, this is, I don't think it's necessary. And this is my platform. So I'm not going to, I don't want cursing on it. So I yeah. think it's, and part of that is making sure that we are not, I think you made a good point with the music. You're not constantly listening to that. And that's, once again, that's something I personally know I need to work on. Not constantly listening to songs that have curse words in them. Um, and then to the sex scenes. That is something that is really good shows are ruined with them. Oh, I'll give totally. you an example. Um, How to Get Away with Murder. I used to, well, I still love that show. But I had to watch it on Netflix because I'm like having to fast forward through these completely unnecessary sex scenes that have yeah. nothing to do with the plot. I know, I and never you can totally imply. That. You can totally imply. Oh yeah, imply showing exactly. Like you know I, what I mean? Yeah, I, and honestly, like implying makes it even more like spicy, in my opinion. Like, ooh, did they do it? Did they not do it? Like, it adds more drama to it. But I mean, I just remember, like, I think it was maybe the second season, and I just started noticing because like like I said growing up we didn't watch any shows like that so like it was once I went to college it was kind of shocking everything at once and I just remember like second season watching and being like I don't I mean what they're not even talking during this scene what is the purpose of this you know fast forward yeah. and, and it does ruin um it ruins shows so well this so is my something interesting oh oh sorry yes. go ahead well, I was okay. gonna say this is my plea for girls who um can sing really well sing pop pop music we need you in pop music without cursing and a bunch of sexual innuendos. And then if you're good at acting and directing, we need more movies and TV shows. So, yeah, please. With you on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what were you going to say? Sorry. Super, super interesting. You will never, ever see a married couple having sex on a show. Like, if the couple, the characters are married, you will never see a sex scene. They'll always imply. They may imply but you will never see it. The only time it's a sex scene is when they're unmarried. Every time. Without that fail. Is so that's, interesting. That's worse than it just being a sex scene. That's implying, hey, this is fine when you're not married. And then we don't really care once you're married. It's just like, oh, they're married, whatever. Every time. I'm like trying to refute you in my head, but I can't think of any. You're so right. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, it irritates me. Yeah. I've never thought of that. Wow. Because there would be some shows you'd be watching, like, oh, they're married. Are they going to, like, have this scene or whatever? Actually, no. There was one movie. One movie. And that was the movie Coda, where the two characters were married and there was a sex scene. But I have never, other than that movie, I have never seen a, a, a married couple, like, a, a married couple sex scene. It is always oh, unmarried. you are blowing my mind right now. Thank I'm you. kind of upset. <laughs> um, we, like, keep an eye I... out for it. And that's just Hollywood just trying to shove it down our throats. And that's why we need good entertainment. And I don't mean, and you know, I'm not trying to dog these people. The people who did like Facing the Giants and Fireproof. Those are good movies. My mom thinks that Fireproof and Facing the Giants are peak cinema. And I'm not saying they're not. But there could be other types of movies too, you know. That's why it's so important. You know, we were talking about um, earlier 
full circle moment. We were talking about earlier, like, we all have different talents. That's why it's so yeah. important. If you do have a talent like this, to not hold back. Don't be shy. Be bold. I don't have any money, but I can support you, like, emotionally. I can promote you a little bit if you need me to. Like, I want to see... Um, you know, I'm I'm going to see Barbie. I'm excited for that because I love Barbies and everything. But, so you know, there's definitely going to be moments in that movie that I'm going to probably roll my eyes. And I would love a version of that where I can laugh and just enjoy the entire time and not think about like, oh, God, that's that's dumb. You know, I mean, I'm still going to see it. But like, I would I would love for movies like that movies, um, a good, clean version of I'm just trying to think of. Not even a, a good, clean version, but, like, Princess Diaries. They don't make movies like Princess Diaries anymore. That was, like, pinnacle cinema to me. Now, that's cinema. Um, oh, you know Princess what I'm getting a kick out of right now uh, is, like, the all, like, the older, two th- early 2000s movies, like, Legally Blonde and Mean Girls and Clueless. Yes. Like, they're just so yes. fun. And, so like, fun. Nothing wrong with them. Like, yeah, it's a no. little implying or whatever, but they're so fun. And they're, like, yeah, and they're fairly clean, like, oh, such yeah. good times. Oh, my gosh, I love those movies. Actually, another really good Today Show, like, that came out, like, recently, it's called The Lincoln Lawyer. It's, like, hardly I've anything heard. bad. No bad scenes. Okay. And, like, yeah, they, like, imply or whatever, but, like, it's not that, it's not, like, it's, I mean, compare, it's mostly, you're mostly just getting the story, which I love. Like, I love what's just focused on the story, so, yeah. Okay, okay, good to know, good to know. Um... Are there so another question? Are there any books um, that you've read that you or podcasts you've listened to um, yes. that you Love think podcasts. would be really good um, for our audience uh, to learn from, or that you have been enjoying? So I'm not much of a reader. I'm trying to be more so, but I'm like so busy. I never find time to like sit down and read. Yeah, um, so I'm not going to give that. any suggestions on that because I'm not supposed <laughs> to ask. Um, but podcasts, I'm a big podcast girly, um, but I need to find more because I feel like I'm struggling. Um, so my favorite one right now is called Murder With My Husband and it's so good. First of all, they uplift the victims and give respect to them, which I think is beautiful. They like, you know, share their story in a very good way. It's a little entertainment because we love mystery and we love finding out what happens and things like that. She does not swear, and she makes it a point. She, like, says she's not going to swear. She's like, I don't like swearing, so I don't swear. I'm going to have to check this one um, out. Yeah, I've seen it on the charts. I haven't It's a husband it and wife. Yes, yeah. it's a husband and wife, and they don't let any of their propaganda show, show through. I have no idea if they're liberal or conservative. No idea. And I've listened to every single episode. And so, anyways, I love them. I endorse them because... You know, I don't I don't really care about their personal beliefs when I'm just trying to get some entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I get not everyone's going to be pro-life. And I get that. Not that I agree with it. But I just, like, I want to be able to enjoy a murder mystery podcast without being like, oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, I love that one. Um, there's another one I like, but I'm not going to say it because I don't think that it's, like, as good. And she does swear a little bit. And she definitely is liberal. So I'm like, whatever. Um, like, it's not shoved down your throat. But, like, I'm not going to recommend it kind of thing. Um, that's another murder mystery though. As for like, just like sit down, listen and kind of like zone out. Probably what in the dang heck. Um, oh, that's what and, it's called. Yeah. It's called what in the dang heck. I'm surprised you haven't heard of it. I've never heard of it. that. I love that name so much. Yeah. So you would love that one. Um, definitely should do a collab mm-hmm. with them because you guys would fit so okay. nicely together. 
Um, other than that, I'm really struggling that. to find new podcasts right now. Every once in a while, I'll listen to an episode of the Lila Rose show, like specifically her one on motherhood. That one was really good. Um, sometimes my boyfriend will be like, hey, go listen to this Pints of Aquinas one. And I'll be like, okay. And that will be good too. Um, I'm subscribed to a lot of podcasts, but you know, don't have like, I, I'm right now I'm kind of low on shows right now, but okay. those, those are, okay. I would say would be my top. And then my podcast. Huh? That one's really of good. <laughs> of course. Of course. Actually, I do listen to my own episodes. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fun. Because I get to re-listen to conversations with people. And it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, last question. And we answer every guest's question. And it is probably one of the most important questions that we'll ask on the show. And the question is, if every single girl in the entire world was looking at you right now, what is one thing you would tell them? that is a great question um so i was thinking about this a little bit um video i made a couple months ago i talked about respecting yourself and that is pro-life so getting up in the morning taking care of yourself getting dressed showering doing your hair doing your makeup making your bed cleaning your room going for a run getting exercise eating healthy Those are all small and simple things you can do to respect yourself. And if we ever want to create a culture that respects every single human being, born or unborn, we need to start with respecting ourselves. And you can do it in little ways every day. So I would say start by respecting yourself, remembering that you are a child of God made in his image to treat yourself like that. And when you start off the day doing that, you can then go out the rest of the day and serve others. But you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself and if you're not respecting yourself first. So get ready in the morning, do your hair, do your makeup, eat something good, go for a walk, just get out there, do something you enjoy, a little reading, a little podcast, guilty pleasure, whatever it is, respect yourself and then go out and take care of others because we're called to. Mm, That's good. That's good. Well, let's end on that. Um, Thank you so much, Hope, for coming on. This has been a fabulous episode. You guys, make sure you follow her at Hope Miller and at Simply Pro Life, correct? Simply Pro Life is the other one. Yeah. The um, it's at underscore Hope Miller because apparently there's more Hope Millers in the world than just me. (laughs) Okay, okay, I'll make sure to add that underscore. Um, and do you have any um anything else you want to promote? Is there an event or something you want to tell people about? I'm really excited about the event that we're doing in the fall, but I can't quite promote it yet because I don't have a date. But it's going to be in October, and it's going to be in Chicagoland. So um, if you follow me on Instagram, either, yeah, that underscore Hope Miller or Simply Pro Life, or you go to the Simply Pro Life website, which is just simplyprolife.org, or you email me, which is hope at simplyprolife.org. I try and keep things simple. and (laughs) uh, Or check out my podcast, the Simply Pro Life podcast. On any of those forums, you will see the event um and 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 it's it's gonna be great and i'm really excited about it yay well i'm super excited for it to let those other girls know how we can help in any capacity when the time comes up um and everybody thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode make sure you like comment subscribe however you're listening if it's on youtube if it's on apple spotify uh stitcher wherever you're listening to it just interact with it it makes a huge difference let us know what is your um on the spotify with the questions let us know what is your simple way that you help the pro-life movement um i love that yeah let us know uh and then in the comments on youtube tell us about it 
All right, you guys. Have a good day, night, evening, however, wherever you're listening. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.